0: We've been going through a series of unexpected um, and looking at the ways that Jesus shows up in unexpected ways. We've talked about unexpected grace and just unexpected love for us, and we're going to continue in that series tonight, looking at Mark 2, and looking at a story of friends. They're a group of friends, and they do some pretty crazy stuff that is really pushing them outside their comfort zone, like they're just risking it and getting after it. Um, Some of you have maybe heard this story before, some of you haven't. I'm just kind of prefacing. What I'm hoping for tonight, for everyone in the room, whether you've heard the story or not, is that we could all have fresh eyes and a fresh perspective as we look at the text tonight. So I'm gonna pray for us real quick and then we are gonna get into it. All right. Uh, Jesus, I just thank you for this place. God, I thank you for the inn and I thank you for everyone that is here tonight. Jesus, I thank you for the joy that it is that um, you have me here. And I just pray that words of mine would fall flat and your words would ring true, God, and that we would have fresh eyes and hearts to see and to hear your truth. I ask that you would meet us here right now in this space, Lord, amen. Amen. Awesome, so we are gonna put the text up on the screen that Isaac just read for us. Um, It's Mark 2, verses one through five, and so this is, we're gonna read it again. This is how it goes. Um, It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, so he'd been traveling around, The news spread so quickly, that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside of the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, while he was teaching them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, because it was so overflowing. So they went up to the roof and they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Okay, you guys, fresh eyes on this story. This is an incredible piece of scripture. This is an incredible story. And I want you guys to picture Picture this scene with me. I did a lot of research on this, so I'm excited to talk about it. So Jesus came to his hometown, to home. And what these homes looked like is they were really just kind of like stone squares, very open floor plan, kind of one room, maybe two rooms if there's a divider. But honestly, they had small windows, so there's not a lot of light that gets inside And so it's really just a place for kind of sleeping dwelling. And so what people commonly do is they'd either build a staircase or have like a wooden ladder that leaned against the side. And on top for the roof, what they would do is they'd put big beams down and then like layer it with like twigs and palms and leaves and dirt and mud and let the sun dry it. So it would like compact and then do it again and let it dry and it would compact. And (laughs) they they would like smooth out stones and roll them. So it was flat and it was like this mass of like concrete roof just filled with mud and dirt and sticks and all that. And so that's, that's what Jesus, that's the scene that Jesus is in. And people would do that so that they could have an additional place to dwell, they could like put out a mat or a little tent or a chair and just have more space to hang out. That's, that's really just what it was. That's what I learned about. <laughs> so, I want to take that scene and kind of take it into a modern context for us. So, you guys are going to picture this with me. Imagine Jesus comes to his hometown, and for now we're going to call that Seattle. (laughs) Woo-hoo! Jesus is coming back to Seattle. (laughs) Yeah, you And he's staying with one of his friends. And in all these commentaries, when it said that Jesus went to this house, they're saying it was likely one of his friends' house, one of his disciples' houses. It was likely Peter's house. So Jesus, he comes to Seattle. He goes to his friend Peter's house. Maybe that's in Ballard, maybe that's in the Central District, maybe that's, I don't know, Northgate. He just comes to town, and he is staying at his friend's house. And you can imagine all the cars, all the people on buses, like on line bikes, doing all the things, (laughs) trying to get to where Jesus is, and then imagine you. You are sitting with your friends in the U District, maybe you're in your house, or your apartment, or your dorm room, or you're on the Ave somewhere, or you're at your favorite coffee shop with your friends, and you're kind of scrolling through social media, chit-chatting, and you're like, oh my God, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is in town, (laughs) like, whoa. And it's free, and he's speaking, and it's free. Like, you're looking at your friends, and you're like, are we gonna go? Are we okay? Do you wanna go? Like, yeah, let's all go. (laughs) So then, you're kind of getting hyped, and you're like, yeah. Jesus is here and it's free and he's speaking, let's go. And as you stand up to go, you guys are getting all amped, you're like, yeah, I have my phone, I got my keys, I'm ready. You, you pause and you think about, you remember a friend that you have. You remember a friend who is sick and maybe it's as severe in this story that we just read of someone who's paralyzed or paralytic. Um, or maybe it's just a friend with some other kind of disability, whether that's visible or invisible or someone who's experiencing mental illness, or just a friend that you have that just isn't well. They're experiencing brokenness or pain. And you think about that friend, what would you do for them if Jesus literally came to town? And part two of that question is, what would be your expectation of Jesus in that moment when you showed up with your friend? I think we could all in this room stack hands kind of that we would hope on some level to see some sort of healing, (laughs) to see some sort of relief, to see some sort of just like aha moment or a breath for that person. But what does Jesus do? And this is where we see the unexpected. I'm not gonna put the text on the screen. I'm just gonna kind of read Brooke's version (laughs) of the rest of this story. And Jesus... I mean, we read this, it says that the man was before him and he said, my child, your sins are forgiven. And then the story goes on to say that the people in the crowd, it was a packed room, hard to imagine, it was a packed room, and the people were thinking in their heads, they looked at Jesus and they were like, who is this guy? Who does this guy think he is? That he can come in here and forgive sins. Like, we all know only God can do that, so who does this guy think he is? That's what they're thinking in their heads. And Jesus is standing there, and he knows what they're thinking. He knows, and so he says out loud to them, he says, which is easier for me to do? Is it to say to this man, your sins are forgiven? Or is it to tell him to get up and walk, but to prove to you that I am the son of man? And that's the first time he uses that statement about himself, and that's a powerful, bold statement. He says, so that you know I'm the son of man, And he looks at the man, he tells him to get up and walk, and he does. He gets up, and he walks out of the room. You guys, that is Jesus in the unexpected. He changes our hearts, and he cares about our hearts before the outward. He says, to prove that I can do this, that I'm the only one that's powerful to do this, I'll have this man walk. And what's also crazy to think about is this room was so packed, but then all of a sudden this man can just get up and walk out. Like, his life has literally changed and his path has changed before him. Like that is unexpected, and that is amazing in and of itself. And honestly, that is like layer one, or kind of like layer, or the initial kind of takeaway from this text of what is unexpected about Jesus. Um, But I wanna peel it back kind of another layer, if you guys are willing to go there with me to kind of peel back this story a little bit. Are you guys open? Is that okay? Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, I wanna take a closer look and I wanna look at the four friends and how Jesus sees their faith and then he heals the man. He sees their faith. He is moved with compassion to bring healing and wholeness to this man. Not just physical healing, but complete wholeness. And that's layer two of the unexpected, and that's what we're going to get into. But I want to pose a question to you guys first. It's kind of a hypothetical one. Um, How many of us, myself included, have ever thought about God or thought about faith? um, And kind of thought, oh, if if this thing was meant to be, God would just make it happen. Or in the contrast, oh... This feels a little hard, or like, I wasn't expecting this, so God must not want it for me, because I don't really feel peace about it. (laughs) Honestly, this could be, an example of this could be like a broken friendship or relationship. If God wanted this relationship to be reconciled, if he wanted things to be right, then they would come to me first. Or this is this is a feeling I or a thought process I feel like I've had with either when I was in college or now with my roommates. It's just like, okay, there's something going on between me and a roommate, and I'm like, okay, God, if you want a conversation to happen, when I walk out of my room right now, they won't be on their phone, they'll be done with their dishes. <laughs> It'll be like the perfect passing moment where I can be like, oh, great. <laughs> now we can talk. But like I don't know if I'm the only one that's ever thought that of like, hey, God, if you provide this specific moment, (laughs) then I know (laughs) that this is what you have for me. And like that, that's just such an interesting thought that we crave that peace. We crave peace between one another and in ourselves, but this idea of acting on it is kind of flipped. And I guess, how many in the room, you don't have to raise your hands again, hypothetical. How many in the room want to feel peace in your life? And I believe we feel peace when we act and make a decision. And when we make a decision with Jesus, we have peace with Jesus as well. We receive peace from God when we step in and trust the process. I believe our culture has kind of perpetuated this idea of don't act on something until you feel peace about it. When in reality, we feel peace and health and wholeness, when we step in and trust Jesus in the process and trust that he is good and that he will bring peace regardless of what we think the outcome should be. The point is not about the outcome, it's about partnering with Jesus and feeling that peace with him. A quick story I think about for myself that happened a few weeks ago, Tiny little backstory. So, a year ago, my best friend Meg moved back to Colorado. And so, we've been long distance best friending for the past year. And it's going pretty good. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes it's hard. And uh, we had a little hiccup a few weeks ago, as most friends do. Um, but it was the beginning of Young Life College Rush Week for many of you that were around, and there was a barbecue on Monday night, and so all day long had been like tabling, and like prepping, and last minute store run, and just like getting things ready. And then also on the side, there was just family things going on, but I was in this place of just like, go, go, go. And I had completely forgotten that it was Meg's birthday. (laughs) And Meg is the kind of person that remembers every single friend's birthday and she's so generous where she'll get a card and a present and she'll ship it in time so that it arrives on your birthday and it's just so thoughtful. And I'm like, dang it. (laughs) I just felt horrible of like, this is actually going to offend her and like this is going to cause some disruption between our relationship. And I didn't realize it until the next day and I woke up in the morning and was like, no, 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 like duh, <laughs> I can't undo this. And I like texted her and then called her later and she didn't respond. And then she called me the next day and I missed it. And then I called her back and then it was capture the flag. And it was like, ah, like <laughs> this, like I just need to talk to her, but I felt such unrest about it. And we were trying to connect and I kept trying to reach out and she kept trying to call me, but we kept missing. And honestly, the longer I waited to talk to her, peace didn't come to me. Like, I didn't feel peace first of like, okay, I'm justified, I get like, I'm good. I didn't feel peace first. It took that conversation. But I had trust in our relationship. I had faith going into it that the uncomfortable would bring some peace, and it did. Peace didn't come first. Faith in our friendship came first, and then peace did. And so I think sometimes we need to push through the uncomfortable in order to experience greater wholeness with Jesus. The point I'm trying to make in in that and in sharing that is that not everything in life or not everything in faith comes easy. (laughs) Sometimes it will be hard, and we will face that resistance, that tension, But that does not mean that God does not want peace for us. And we cannot keep believing that about faith, that if God wants it to happen, then God will make it happen. I think that Jesus secretly, or maybe not so secretly as we look at stories like this, but I think that Jesus loves it when we put ourselves outside of our comfort zone, risking our image, risking our security a little bit, risking that comfort because we usually end up trusting him more in the process, experiencing peace and stretching our faith, and the added bonus of impacting the lives around you. Your personal faith, wherever that is at, your personal faith can impact human lives around you. Just think about that for a minute. These four friends in the story, they freaking walked a paralyzed man on a mat to Jesus. Like, I'm not the most physically strong person in the world, maybe you guys are, but the idea, can you imagine carrying someone? And in this day, you had to walk anywhere you went. So you can imagine these friends, when they heard Jesus was in town, they're like, okay, okay, are we doing this? Are we getting our friend? We're doing it and we don't know if the friend was joyful, if he was upset, if he was somewhere in between. We don't know, the story doesn't say. But these friends agree, we are doing this. And they grab the mat and they're walking and it's hot and there's dust everywhere and they're sweating and who knows if they're taking breaks and looking at each other and being like, what are we doing? Are we sure we want to do this? Yeah, we're doing it. And then they keep carrying the mat and they're going and they're motivating each other and they're talking about it. And then they finally get to where Jesus is, to where wholeness can happen, to where peace can happen, to where restoration can happen, to where healing can happen. Well, dang it, it's too full. God must not want it. Maybe next time it'll be clear and there'll be room. No, that's not what they do. They get there, and they see what's going on, and they're like, okay, this isn't what we expected, this isn't what we hoped for, so what are we gonna do? And I don't know how you get someone on a mat up onto a roof, but they do it, and so they're still like arms tired, I don't know, legs tired, they get him up onto the roof, and then they get there, and we talked about this roof, like, it is compact. And so they, they get in there, and they start digging. (laughs) And they start pulling mud away, and they have dirt all over their hands, and probably all over themselves, and again, they're still probably sweating, because it's hot, and they're like pulling through, and then you have to imagine, they get to a moment where they're now making eye contact with someone. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how uncomfortable? (laughs) Like, and who knows how the crowd was. Maybe they were like mumbling to each other. Maybe they're shouting like, cut it out. Or maybe they're styled, we don't know. But you have to imagine like one of those friends is like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like what is this person thinking of me right now? Honestly, like what are they thinking of me? I'm making eye contact with them, tearing through a roof. But they don't stop, and they keep going, and they're getting dirt all over them, and then they finally get the hole big enough, where then again, I don't know how, maybe they had ropes on them, I don't know, are able to like lower this guy down through the roof, lower him all the way down to his at the feet of Jesus, and I imagine the four friends just kind of standing there, like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. And then the man was first forgiven, healed on the inside, healed on the outside, and walked out of the room. And I have to imagine in that moment, as the man walked out of the house, I bet all doubt left their minds of, should we do this? And they had that peace of I got to partner with Jesus and witness this amazing, amazing story. They risked their image of, what are people going to think of me? (laughs) They risked going outside their comfort zone of like, this is hard to carry someone on a mat in the sun for a long time. (laughs) And they experienced peace through acting on their faith, not just for themselves, but also on the behalf of somebody else. I believe our faith requires some action. And as I say that, believe me, I'm also one of the biggest advocates of self-care. <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of like rest and receive and reflect and know. And in the past three weeks in this series, we've been talking about the unexpected love of Jesus, how much he adores you, and the unexpected amount of grace and what that means that so you can just be with Jesus and be seen and be known and be enough and I want everyone in this room to receive that to rest in that to reflect on what does that mean to me but I think if we stop there if we stop with just receiving then we're missing some of it so if you've checked out at all tune back in This is what I want you to hear. Is that Jesus desires for you to be whole and to have peace. And that may require you taking steps into the uncomfortable and having faith with some action behind it. Jesus does not require it. Everything about him accepts us as we are. Everything about him loves us as we are but the invitation remains for us to take ownership of our faith and trust him in the unexpected and uncomfortable moments. I believe it grows us, it challenges us, and I believe leads us to greater faith in experiencing Christ. And I'll be completely honest with you guys right now. I was uncomfortable (laughs) preparing this message. I'd love to just sit in the first part of what we talked about, of like, Jesus heals us. (laughs) And... He gives us community. He gives us people that walk alongside us. He sees us for who we are and he heals us on the inside and he gives us new life and we can walk out of a room and a new identity that we didn't have before. And if that's what you hear tonight and if that's what you need to hear tonight, then praise the Lord, hear that, that is truth. But I also believe there's a greater call for some of us in this room To not fall into the thinking that life happens to us, but that we get to take part in life. And we get to take part in life with Jesus, and we get the joy of partnering with Jesus. And when we do, we experience greater wholeness and peace in him. So I hope that out of those unexpected things (laughs) that we looked at tonight, that you're able to see Christ and be moved into action what that looks like for you in your faith. All right, please pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for this night. I thank you just for everyone in this room. God, I pray that we would all know and believe in the goodness of your grace and the cross, God, and that you came to give us life and life to the full. I pray that with... Um, that truth comes in awareness of our own faith and how we trust you, God. I pray that we could all be moved to take steps in our faith that move us through receiving and into participating in your grace. God, you are good. You love us as we are. And Holy Spirit, please come meet us here and give us vision for our lives, how to say yes to your invitations. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.